Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. So like I said, this is the Feast of St. Andrew the Apostle. He was the... uh, Some accounts say that he was the younger brother of Simon. Some accounts, some church fathers say he was the older brother of Simon. I'm the older brother in my family. I like to think he was the older brother, which means he was much wiser, so much more handsome. I'm just kidding. All right. But in iconography, he is always depicted with the much longer grayish beard. So there you have it, right? I've got, I don't have the gray beard yet. But so just like uh, Simon, Andrew was also a fisherman. And as we heard in the gospel today, he received this stunning call from Jesus when he was in the midst of his work, which is a really beautiful thing, that the Lord isn't waiting for us to be like in a holy, churchy sort of setting for him to uh, break in, but it's it's in the midst of, of what we're doing, right? Out and about in the midst of our work is where he wants to break in. When you piece together all these different little details and scenes uh, about Andrew's life from the rest of the Gospels, we discover that Andrew, uh, we get this from John's Gospel, we discover that Andrew was the one who was initially a disciple of John the Baptist. Um, And there's so much that we could go into with that, with just uh, the spirituality that he had, the kind of heart that he had, a heart that was longing for the fulfillment of Israel. His name, I love the fact that his name is Andreas, which Greek, it's a Greek name, right? Which is interesting because his brother Simon, Shimeon, that's a, that's a Hebrew name. So his family had this sort of comfort with Hellenization, this comfort with the external world. But his name means manly. Andrew's name means manly. He was a very manly figure. Anyway, he was a disciple of John the Baptist, longing for the fulfillment of Israel, longing for the coming of the Messiah. And... All, everything kind of clicked into high gear when that one day when John pointed Jesus out on the shoreline and said, behold the Lamb of God, right? Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Like that's him. And from that day forward, Andrew became a disciple determined to follow Jesus. He's, he's also the one who brought Simon to Jesus, right? Which is an extraordinary thing that initially Simon, it seemed, was just kind of like ho-hum about Jesus. Um, that there was all these initial other encounters between Simon and Andrew and Jesus before this moment. Because that what you get in this gospel is this idea that Jesus walks up to these guys and like they just drop their nets. That it's so much more plausible to think that there was like a background story, right? That Simon and Andrew were familiar with this Jesus person, that Simon or that Andrew had encountered him and 
Anyway, it just, it just makes a lot more sense of the encounter, makes a lot more sense of the, the finally giving in, dropping the nets. Uh, Andrew's the one who, uh, in the story of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes, Andrew's the one who points out to Jesus, we've got this boy here with his two loaves, or five loaves and two fish. That was Andrew. And tradition holds that Andrew was, uh, he preached the gospel to the far regions of what's present-day Turkey and Greece, where he was eventually martyred. And he was martyred, tradition holds it, on a X-shaped cross. Right? So not like the, the T-shaped cross, an X-shaped cross. And just like Peter, he was, it was because he said, I wasn't, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Lord. So that's St. Andrew, right? And his relics were taken by a monk, which again, tradition holds it, to the far coast of Scotland, which is pretty great. This is why St. Andrew is the patron saint of Scotland. If you think about St. Andrew's golf course, right? You got those crossed uh, golf clubs. They're not just like in that arrangement for no reason. They're mimicking the cross that Andrew was crucified on. I wonder how many golfers know that. Probably not many. Anyway, what really kind of moved me with my heart with St. Andrew this morning was, um, again, in the, in the church's breviary, the Liturgy of the Hours, there's an antiphon for morning prayer. Um, so that's, you know, what priests and nuns and religious deacons, what we, what we pray every day, the Liturgy of the Hours. But for morning prayer, there's an antiphon that I remember seeing it a few years ago and it just stopped me in my tracks and every year on his feast day I just linger on these words but it says this it's the second antiphon for morning prayer the Lord loved Andrew and cherished his friendship the Lord loved Andrew and cherished his friendship I think with so much uh, of our Christian art and iconography I think we sometimes get well, I think that these stories, these people, kind of get drained of, like, the personal element. Um, when in reality, the fact is that, like, Jesus called Andrew to follow him, not because he's, like, he had a job for him to do. He asked him to follow him because, first and foremost, he loved him. He loved him. And, like, let this sink in, and he cherished his friendship. He cherished his friendship. Like, what's the point of friendship? What's the end? What's the goal of friendship? St. Thomas Aquinas, he says that friendship is useless. It's useless. Which doesn't mean that, like, we shouldn't have friends. What he means there, it's useless in the sense that it has no practical utility. There's no good beyond it. Friendship, like, is a good in and of itself. In other words, Jesus loved Andrew and delighted in just being with him. For no other reason beyond just being with him. The Lord loved Andrew and cherished his friendship, just being with him, wasting time with him, spending time with him. And the thing, I guess, for us to just ponder this morning is, do you know that that's true for you? Like, that's true for you. The Lord looks at you and says, I love you and I cherish your friendship. Before I'm going to ask you to do anything, or before I send you out on any kind of mission, I just simply want you to be with me. I want to cherish your friendship. So this morning for St. Andrew's Feast Day, we ask him to intercede for us that we would have the willingness to like, let loose any and all nets that we might be holding on to to follow Christ, that we would ask him to pray for us, that we would have the same resolve to preach the gospel, and that we would have the same willingness to uh, just waste time with Jesus, to grow and to nurture that friendship. Amen.